uh, what's what's the line about the? Uh, it's it's so nice that the best car can be back in the hands of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want a whole season of that guy. everybody and welcome back to another episode of kaiju weekly the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies i am your host travis coming at you again um because yeah well we might mention that i don't mind bringing that up on the podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're human we make mistakes i forgot to hit record <laughs> we've been recording for like 30 minutes uh, or talking for 30 minutes and not recording <laughs> Um, it was like me, a blink. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with me is not my normal co-host, Michael, because he is taking a break this week. But I do have a special guest co-host. If you listened to our episode with Ben Magnet, uh, you may have heard this podcast mentioned, but it's the Fake Nerds podcast. And we have another one of the co-hosts from that podcast, Ryan, on as a guest. How are you doing, Ryan? I am fantastic, man. How are you doing? I, nothing's changed in the last like 30 minutes since we started <laughs> i try to keep it try to keep it professional yeah nothing yeah. happened let's, it's let's, totally let's, fine. let's not break the kayfabe <laughs> exactly look at that wrestling i love it yeah so um anyway uh do you want to once again explain a little bit about who you are and your podcast for anybody who may not have heard ben explain what the fake nerds is or are still not sure about it you can go ahead and explain it yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Ryan, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Fake Nerd Podcast. We are a weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about movies, video games, comics, uh, everything in the entertainment industry. Uh, we go live on Sundays and record for like three to four hours because we just love talking to each other and we love talking about uh, uh, nerdy stuff. Uh, so check us out there live on Sundays. We also have like Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu where we focus on video game stuff. Uh, Brandon has his own podcast, Conversation. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. Just go to the Fake Nerd Podcast YouTube channel. It's all there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what uh, we were talking about earlier, that uh, uh, me and Michael had guested on uh, you guys' podcast back when we were first putting out the uh, the first issue of Kaiju Ramen, our magazine, and uh, and we were talking about uh, Mech Month, our, our themed months that we have, and how May is our Mech Month, and you mentioned that, uh, hey, if you guys cover Evangelion, make sure to contact me, because I want to be on it, and I'm like, well, we don't we weren't planning on it because <laughs> neither one of us at the time had seen Evangelion, but I said, okay. I love the, I love the conversation. I loved it because uh, we were like talking. I was like, Oh, so like, does do the Evangelions count as mechs? And both of you guys were like, Oh, we haven't seen it. And I was like, Oh, well that's got to get fixed real quick. Yeah, uh, so I'm happy to be here talking about it now. Well, you know what is, I've I've always wanted to watch it because it's one of those ones that everyone talks about. Everyone talks about Evangelion and it's been around for so long that I'm like, I have to watch it at some point. So you were just my excuse to watch it. <laughs> and, I love it. I love being excuses. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so that's what we're doing today. Uh but before we do that, before we get into Evangelion, uh we're going to talk about the news uh and we're also going to play a little game but if anybody is Ooh. just happens to be wanting to skip over the news and skip over the the uh the game that we're going to play and just go straight to evangelion talk i will put the 
uh and i still i'm still can't rem- think of the na- timestamp timestamp <laughs> i'm still you got it yeah I, I i couldn't remember that word the first time we recorded and i still can't remember that word avocado <laughs> avocado <laughs> avocado is down in that's the- a joke nobody's gonna understand nope nobody <laughs> uh so uh that will be in the description you guys can just skip ahead if you want but please please don't because we're gonna have a lot of fun i cannot wait to get to the game we're gonna play because that is a lot of fun uh i think it's gonna be oh, yeah. um but we can uh get into the news segment and we're gonna cue the bdbd time for some news time for some news uh so uh once again we and not only once again because this is the second time we're recording this but also once again because we have been talking about godzilla singular point a lot on this podcast lately um but uh we now know that it is specifically coming out in june or on june 24th we knew it was coming in june now we know specifically june 24th is the release date for godzilla singular point onto netflix so excited to finally get to watch it i watched the first episode really enjoyed it and been waiting till it comes out onto netflix to be able to watch the whole rest of it uh what do you yeah what, man i uh I'm, st- I'm stoked for this show um i i love anime obviously i'm here to talk about an anime um but like i love i love anytime um something gets like drastically redesigned um that's why I love Shin Godzilla so much, because it's just such a different take on Godzilla while still being true to Godzilla. Um, so this just looks like a fun anime with some like fun anime uh, kids and like an, like an old man Jet Jaguar. And Jet Jaguar is like my favorite Godzilla character. He's a robot who shrinks and he saves the children. I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that this Jet Jaguar has starts off with such stumpy little legs. And and, yeah. and and I also love how angry that made everybody because <laughs> it's like, yeah. why, why, why does that make you angry? Uh, but then we know this isn't the thing that I'm used to. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. But no, I, yeah, I'm right there with you uh, as a comic book fan. I love whenever they redesign some characters, you know, and sometimes I don't like the designs that they come out with, with a, like a redesign of a costume or something like that. Um, but I always have the original, so I'm always happy. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's like I can always go Absolutely. back and look at the original. It doesn't bother me. Love when they try something new. And uh, yeah, with these designs for these monsters in Singular Point, I don't like all of them, but I like that they are at least trying something different. You know, it's the, the Godzilla yeah. franchise is 65 years old, 66 years old. And oh, man, they it's like after 66 years. Yeah. Why not try something different? Why not give it a yo? Know, give it a chance. I love uh, I love like the like the tusk horns that Godzilla has, like like kind of like an old like Japanese like mask. I love yeah. that man. I love yeah. That. The I I looked at them and they looked like a little French mustache to me. Uh, so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Oh, like, yeah oh, 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 oui, oui, goji. Um, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, but it's uh it yeah the show. A lot of people have been watching the show already because um, it's been releasing in Japan. So people with VPNs or whatever can watch it week to week. Uh, Michael, my co-host, has been watching it week to week. And uh, I watched the first episode and I realized this is a very long form storytelling type of show that each episode is kind of one chapter in a bigger story so i decided a singular point if you will a singular point maybe uh (laughs) and uh and so i decided to just wait to watch the whole series when it comes out over here on on netflix so So if it's coming out on netflix that means we're gonna get the whole season at once then right 
Yes. Yes. Netflix. Okay, cool. Then I'm just going to binge the heck out of it. Oh my God. Yep. It's all going to be, uh, it's all going to be released over here on Netflix at the same time over in Japan. It was released. It's being released week to week. Um, so yeah, it's nice. been, it's, uh, so it's great. We get to see it. Uh, a lot of people have been sharing some of the designs for some of the monsters that have been kind of, you know, toys have come out for them. They've seen them in the episodes and stuff. We had a, uh, a new Godzilla Terrestris um aka not gorosaurus because it looks a lot like gorosaurus but isn't mm. gorosaurus um it's been shown off in toy form and uh it just looks like a giant radioactive blueberry <laughs> so hey you gotta hey you gotta be original right we haven't it, seen a giant blueberry yet yeah it, well i mean well uh, willy wonka have we Oh, I, th- I'm, I, th- I thought I've met in the kaiju universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, no. Are you calling Violet a kaiju? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. If she kept growing, they, they might. she might have. You're going to have to use that whistle. Uh-huh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this uh, for this anime to come out. I like that it is, um, that it is uh, uh, hand-drawn animated. Um, we were talking about comparing it to the trilogy that came out you know, with the computer generated. Not a huge fan of that animation style that they did. Although they, they no, nope. the company did pretty good with uh, Pacific Rim: The Black. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yes, I haven't. It is the same. It does have the same problems, but um, but Pacific Rim: Black has so much more color, and I think I think it's even the action's even better. There's just something yeah. about that. Yeah, I was I wasn't a fan. Yeah, but I I do think the animation did improve with the black. But I, yeah, I'm just not I'm not a fan of that animation style in general. Uh, but the one that's in Singular Point, it just it looks fantastic. Michael's been talking about how you know he's really pleased with the way it looks. He didn't expect to like it, but uh, he he's really just pulled into the show and really enjoys it now. The pacing, the character designs, uh, all of it is really great. He said it's it's mwah, chef's kiss. And so uh, he can't. I love a good. I love a good chef kiss. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he said he can't wait to discuss it on the podcast next month. And yeah, so uh, the show is coming out on June twenty fourth. That following Wednesday, we are going to be discussing it on the podcast. So something to look forward to. Um, can't wait. The only other bit of news that I want to cover before we get into the game that I wanted to play is uh, that you can now own Godzilla vs. Kong on digital. Uh, Physical releases are still coming on June 15th, but uh, the digital version can be bought now uh, for anybody who is interested in digital copies. Is it still available on HBO Max? No, it, it went it went uh, away on uh, HBO Max, and then mm-hmm. uh, it might be on HBO Max now. I don't know, but um, it's uh, but it is available to like purchase through Voodoo, through iTunes, through yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, so you can purchase it digitally. Uh, which that, is uh, that is a good movie. I don't know if that's controversial or not. <laughs> uh, well, not on this podcast because <laughs> we all, we, me and Michael both really loved it. So. Uh, I flew, I flew up to Tennessee to be able to watch it. So, <laughs> hell yeah. So yeah, it's uh, my first, uh, my first movie, my first movie back to the theaters was Mortal Kombat. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't Kong, it wasn't Kong, but uh, Mortal Kombat still pretty fun, still pretty fun. Yeah, I, I've heard that 
people if you go in without any expectations it's good but if you go in expecting it to be a masterpiece it's not (laughs) listen if you go into a mortal Kombat movie expecting the godfather don't even see it what are you doing right but uh do you like do you like really good action movies i like action movies i'm not the biggest fan of gory movies though and i know and do not movies. see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> I, no 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 um but that's it for the news items we didn't really have much to talk about this week in the news which is why i uh decided to come up with a game to play with you our very special guest oh. <laughs> um yeah so this uh the the series that we're talking about uh today is directed and created by hideaki ano a lot of fans of kaiju movies and everything know hideaki ano because he's he has done shin godzilla he is in the process of uh well he's done it but it hasn't come out yet shin ultraman uh i think oh my god he wrote that one and then he is also in the process of directing uh shin common rider and everybody's hoping that shin gamera will come soon (laughs) maybe dude that's that's like that would be that that would be the most insane thing on the planet if if gamera got the treatment because like he's like no like gamera's cool but like no one talks about gamera it's a turtle with cool jets like what's going on why doesn't he get any love like i haven't seen the gamera movies all of them but like i know a cool turtle when i see one yeah yeah and and if you if you watch the um the the trip the anime uh, that anime the uh gamera trilogy that came out in like the 90s it those were mm-hmm. kind of leaning in the direction that Hideaki Anno likes to live in that kind of like very uh darker more uh character exploration of emotions and what it means to go through yeah. trauma and stuff like that and so it's like he would fit into that and his Gamera movie would feel like the tr- trilogy that everyone loves so yeah Neon Genesis Gamma Galeon <laughs> yeah Oh, we're going to have a lot of those when we get to um, our trivia question this week, because uh, we ask a trivia question each week on our podcast and we read out the answers. And uh, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people did the, the portmanteau stuff. Um, I love it. But as far as uh, so with the game I wanted to play, since Ano is known by a lot of Kaiju fans, you know him and and and. Uh, because of Shin Godzilla, but also because of Neon Genesis Evangelion, you kind of get a feel mm-hmm. for his style of filmmaking, although he does branch out and do some different stuff sometimes. So I wanted to do a game where I list out movies and I want you to guess if they are from the filmography of Hideaki Anno or if okay. they're from Werner Herzog's filmography. Oh, Werner Herzog, I want the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's that dude in the Mandalorian. I love it. I specifically I chose <laughs> Werner Herzog because I can do the lines for our Mandalorian. Such a large bounty for such a small price. <laughs> I love it. What a what an interesting guy. Oh my gosh. He really is. He really is. So uh I am calling the game Anno or Hizo. <laughs> Alright. I thought about calling it Anno or Ah uh, Yes. Um but uh, oh. but I kind of like Herzo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I got a feeling. I got a feeling I'm going to do pretty well, but we'll, you, we'll see how this goes. You probably will, but uh, yeah. So I'm going to read them out, and you tell me if it's Anno or Werner Herzog. Uh, so we're starting you with. You got it. 
<laughs> starting with the movie Heart of Glass. And I have no descriptions oh, for these. Ver- that's 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 a Werner Herzog. That's a Werner Herzog. It's a Herzo movie. Uh, Herzo. <laughs> no, so so do you know what Heart of Glass is about? I don't. Okay, I don't either. I didn't bother writing down any descriptions of them. I should have, but it's like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> I think that makes it even more interesting because then, like, who's really right or wrong here? Who knows? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, okay, number two. <laughs> And, and and some of my friends are going to go nuts when I say this one because I, I make a big deal about this movie all the time. Cutie Honey. Oh, my gosh. Um, this one's definitely Anno. It's definitely Anno. Yes, that is true. And what is so funny is everyone remembers and knows Anno for all of that uh, deep character exploration, dealing with depression and all these kind of darker, twisted things or, or you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he did Cutie Honey, and Cutie Honey has none of that. It is yeah. None um, of it. <laughs> I never saw it. I never saw it. Uh, it that's after Evangelion, right? Yes, yes. Um, now yeah, the, the 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 manga and the anime for Cutie Honey came out before Evangelion because it was from the seventies. But uh, that wasn't Anno that mm-hmm. made it. Okay. That, that was, uh, but he directed the movie, the live action movie version of it. Uh, Cutie okay. Honey is what inspired things like Sailor Moon uh, and oh, okay. sure, other sure, things. Sure. It's it's a magical girl uh, comic, kind of one of the first magical girl ones, but it was one of the first magical girl mangas that was geared towards boys uh was not was not focused towards girls and so it was it's it's very different than what you might think of as what ano would do and in the movie kind of is is kind of faithful to the the classic story so uh i just it's one of those ones that i'm just like nobody talks about this is an ano film because it's so out of left field (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure there's like one super fan of, of Cutie Honey and who like doesn't know anything about Evangelion. He's like, oh, my God, Anno is a genius and like dealing with magical girl stuff. Like he's so not sad at all. And I'm like, right. oh, that's fun. Yeah. The, the person who only knows Anno through Cutie Honey and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that exists. That fandom is weird in that way where somebody will see one thing. And just ignore everything else because that's just how brains work. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, us kaiju fans uh, kind of get that with Raymond Burr because Raymond Burr was in the one of the original Godzilla films, the first Godzilla film to ever come to Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve as Steve Martin. Steve Martin. And uh, and but yet Raymond Burr, like you talk to my grandparents, and Raymond Burr is he's Perry Mason. Like everybody knows him as Perry Mason, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, and yeah, he's yeah. Uh, of course other things too. But like, but kaiju fans just for some reason we we yeah, well not some reason we know the reason we focus in on that one role that he did and very few kaiju fans ever think of raven burr as anything else other than being the first godzilla american <laughs> actor <laughs> yeah he's that white guy in that godzilla movie yeah. yeah he's the white guy he's he does a pretty good job for for being a 1956 movie uh so number three love and pop oh Ooh, I'm I'm going to say this is a Herzo. This is actually an Anno. Oh, got him. 
Yeah, this is actually an Anno. Uh, it was I, I, so many of Anno's, of course, because he's a Japanese filmmaker. So many of his are so obviously like his because like you, you, you know, they they have a Japanese title. Um, so I was mm-hmm. trying to pick the ones that were the least Japanese sounding to kind of like maybe throw yeah, yeah, me yeah. off a little bit. Because <laughs> like Herzog's directed like like documentaries about like bears and like plastic bags and stuff. So like it's, right. it's up in the air with both these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so moving on to number four, we've got wild blue yonder. This is definitely. <laughs> it is a Vanahesog. It's a Vanahesog movie. Oh man, I love it. I love it. Just like, it just, uh, what's, what's the line about the, it's it's so nice that the best car can be back in the hands of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want a whole season of that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great. Such an interesting guy. Um Yeah. So now we did Wild Blue Yonder. Now we're gonna go into number five, Nadia Secret of Blue Water. You see, the this sounds like I, this sounds like a Japanese title, but I think you might be throwing me off. So I must say it's a, I want the baby. You want the baby. No, it is actually an Anno. It <gasps> is an anime. Oh, got me. It was one of the okay, earlier, right. one of the earlier animes that Anno had worked on, uh, was Nadia's Secret of Blue okay. Water. And he won some awards from, for that, for directing that. Ooh la la. I'm going to uh, check it out. All right. All right, now this one's, this one I kind of just threw in because I just love saying the name of this movie and... Uh, you're going to get it right away. But who was it? Anno or Herzo uh, who directed Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans? Oh, my God. I saw that movie. I think I saw that movie in theaters. That's not a movie you want to see with a bunch of other people. It's gross. That's definitely a Herzo. Yeah, it is a Vena Hussog movie. I, I forgot he did that one. Oh, my I know. God. I was looking at his filmography. And I'm like, I forgot that he did that movie. <laughs> That Man, was that's like a weird like a weird spiritual spiritual sequel to the harvey Keitel bad lieutenant movie but it's not actually tied to it right weird, what a weird interesting guy again <laughs> it's a weird movie <laughs> weird movie uh yeah uh so number seven we only have uh we I, I did nine of these so so number we're on number seven uh nine kare and kano speaking of more i'm gonna say earlier, that's a I'm gonna say, oh, I can now. I'm gonna say that that's a Herzo. Uh, that is actually an Anno. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Anno. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably because of me saying it as Kano. I'm sure it's pronounced Kano, but I purposely said Kano Maybe. to kind of throw it off because <laughs> it's Kare and Kano, which I think means his and hers uh, in Japanese. Oh, got it. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> you, you, you Mortal combated me. Now, yeah, yeah. Give me a uh, fatality. <laughs> now, both of these directors are very famous for their directing, but they're also pretty famous for their acting roles. Like we've mentioned, uh, Werner Herzog being in The Mandalorian. So I'm going to name, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to name uh, two things, and uh, you can tell me which one uh was in the so so number eight is who uh acted in the show i think it's a show might have been a movie funky forest funky forest funky my forest. man Werner herzog loves forest i'm going with herzo i'm doubling down on the herzo uh, no it was an anno no it's- 
That means the next one's definitely hers, though, because this is too many. Yeah, so number nine is which of the two actors acted in four episodes of The Simpsons? Oh, it's definitely <laughs> Definitely Verna Herzog. Definitely, definitely have seen at least one of them. <laughs> it's so great. Verna Herzog. I say, man, I want what? I gotta see though. I gotta see the Simpsons episodes where Hideki Otto shows up just four times out of nowhere. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I I haven't heard him speak English, so I don't know how well his English is. So it'd be really funny if he just spoke Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> just just the, like everyone else is speaking English, he's just speaking Japanese. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm fine with it. Don't even give him subtitles. Don't even give him subtitles. Make right. it a mystery. Yep. oh man so that was great i was i knew i had to go with Werner herzog as the other option i the only other director i was thinking about doing this game with was uve bowl but then i was like it might be too offensive to put anno in the same sentence as uve bowl and and unfortunately super unfortunately i spent most of my teenage years watching every single uve bull movie so oh, it was probably wow. for the best because i i sadly know that dude's filmography like hard because uh, i'm an idiot because i was stupid because i loved watching bad movies <laughs> yeah uh yeah so that would have been so it's good oh, that we went with, i went with Werner herzog uh plus we got to do the mandalorian uh quotes <laughs> the, the best guy the best now I just guy. want to watch that scene again, man. I know. It's so great. <laughs> oh, man. So that was a fun game. I hope so I definitely lost fun. lost that game. It was uh, it was fun. And I learned some uh, some new animes that I need to watch. Yeah. And uh, and I need to go and just look at some of the look at Werner Herzog's filmography again, because my goodness, his stuff is all over the place. His acting roles, too, are all over the place. Like he's just one of those weird oh, yeah, guys that, that just will show up into anything for like for real like like we keep saying interesting guy but that dude's he, he loves creating and he loves art and like he will just do anything with anyone because like why not yeah yeah he, he's he's great uh so um moving on we can finally get into our main topic this week and each week uh each week we ask a trivia question to hint to what our topic is for the following week or for yeah for the following week no yeah previous week for the following week <laughs> the, 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 the next week what's your following yeah, yeah. The, the avocado week <laughs> how do work how do words work i know yeah it's like it's too late to be recording a podcast for me <laughs> uh so the question that we asked last week that hinted at this week's topic was decades before directing shin godzilla hideaki ano created what popular anime and we give shout outs to everyone who answers the question whether they get it right wrong or give us a funny answer so we're gonna uh shout some people out right now funny answers give me the funny answers i love the funny answers and we got a few of them (laughs) so uh michael my co-host uh he i guess even though he didn't want to be on this episode decided he wanted to be a part of it anyway and uh Mm -hmm. and sent in an answer he said pastel omega the oz man cometh (laughs) okay creative very creative uh, Alex Cornett, a co-host over at the Monsters vs. Men podcast, uh, said the luminous beginning of Adam Gellion. That, hey, other words for the thing. Absolutely. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, Damon Noise, uh, who always gives us a funny answer, he said Shin Reptilicus, regeneration of Dragon Gellion. That's pretty good. I like all those words. Yeah. Dragon Gellion. All right. <laughs> uh, Reptilicus is one of Damon's favorite movies. It's a, a Dutch. I think it's Dutch. Damon, you can correct me on that on Twitter. I know you will. Um, uh, I think it's a <laughs> Dutch uh, film. And it's, uh, yeah, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, did a uh, thing on it. So. <laughs> it's a... Oh, you know what? I I, I probably watched that MST3K then. Because I've seen pretty much everything they've ever done. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's one of those types of movies. It's, uh, it's fun. So I just Googled it. I just Googled it. And you're right. It is Danish. Okay. Okay, Danish. Uh, so then we have, let's see where we have. Oh, Cameron. There we go. That's where I'm at. Cameron from the Tokyo Lives podcast sent us Gunbuster. Now. Gunbuster. I'm pretty sure that is a thing that exists. It is a, it is a thing that exists and it was directed by Hideaki Anno. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was directed by Anno, not created by Anno. It was created by Toshio Okada. I had to look it up. Uh, so, yeah, Cameron, great pull, though. Great pull. Had me doing some yeah, research uh, on some anime. <laughs> yeah, I want to say, like, uh, uh, that was the thing that, like, like launched, launched him. Like, oh, this guy, he's got chops. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the very first thing he ever did. Uh, or one of the first things he ever did. Um then Jimmy from NASA uh, sent us Shin insert title of popular Japanese media franchise here. And then I mean, <laughs> true. Followed by Kaiju Kim, who said Shin Pokemon. <laughs> oh, my. What, oh, my God. What? He, oh, man. The Pokemon world, like if you really look at it, it could be really sad and dark. So like maybe not. <laughs> Someone do me a Shin version of pikachu i want to see what shin like shin godzilla style pikachu would oh be God. does he I, like molt does he like molt into raichu you maybe maybe his That's tail the, has yeah, like a pokemon on it, it has like a whole bunch of pichus <laughs> coming off of his tail <laughs> oh my god oh my god you can't just you can't just end a movie like that Give me a, <laughs> i need more gosh listen if you guys have not watched the masterpiece that is shin godzilla just please just do it Oh yeah. my god. We know you're listening to a kaiju podcast, so you probably are very familiar with Absolutely. kaiju movies. Uh but if you haven't don't, don't fool yourself. <laughs> uh yeah, no, it, yeah. Shin Godzilla is I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it's one of those ones like we were talking about earlier where it's so different that I can't hate it because it's just very yeah. unique, but it's not necessarily my so, cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you've seen Evangelion. Do you? I I I wonder how good of how well your memory of Shin Godzilla is because Shin Godzilla is like an episode of Evangelion. Like yes. it's shot and produced and the boardroom stuff and like because mm -hmm. I saw Evangelion first and then I watched Shin Godzilla. And I'm like holy holy poop! This guy just makes like the same thing. I love it. It's so yeah good. yeah I can definitely see it. I definitely see the Evangelion yeah. that was in it. Um, especially the the shots of Godzilla in the city feel a lot like the shots that you see of the angels going through. Uh, mm -hmm. and destroy it like there's so much there's so much visually that like lines up perfectly between evangelion and shin godzilla so i definitely see it uh it's definitely an yeah. ano thing <laughs> um honorific yeah it's honorific that see that would have been a great title for the game that we played 
<laughs> I'll save time. I'll save that one for Shen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Elijah, the host of the Kaiju Conversations podcast and also former guest host on this podcast, uh, sent us Yeti Yeti Angelian. <laughs> uh because he loves making fun right. of my passion for yeti giant of the 20th century have you seen the movie um the mummy colon tomb of the dragon emperor yes i have <laughs> have so how do you feel about yetis playing football and and making touchdown goals yeah. with their hands because that made my life what when, when, when i saw that in the theaters i was like this movie is so dumb it's oh my so god so dumb it's so so dumb and i kind of like it for how dumb it is i 100 100 percent. like man yeti's playing football like how can i get mad yeah yeah goal <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm sure brendan fraser Brendan Fraser isn't as happy, but I'm happy about it. Right, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you get Jet Li in, and then you just turn him into a big dra- CGI dragon. Like, w- w- yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, mistakes were... That movie isn't perfect, that's for sure. It's it's such a fun, bad movie. I love, I love bad movies. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. I love bad movies that you can tell that effort was made. Like they obviously were yes. trying to make a good movie and failed so miserably at it, and I love those. Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, like when you're in on the joke, um, it sometimes doesn't work. But like if you're trying really, really hard and you unfortunately fail, it can create like some masterpieces of entertainment, just not in the way you think. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I hate people telling me what's funny. And that's what yes. a lot of the the like Sharknado and movies like that, they feel like they're telling me, hey, this is funny, isn't it? It's like, no, it's to me, it's not funny. Like, I don't find it funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I will I will give I will tell you one thing, Travis, about the Sharknado franchise. I will give the first movie a pass because it's actually pretty fun. Like, that's the only one where, like, they're in on the joke and, like, it works. Once they've gotten to, like, five, that's, it's too far. Now it's too far. Now it's, now it's, like, they are in on the joke so hard it's not even funny. The first one, it was, like, a little more, a little more serious. Now it's just, like, oh, we're having fun, right? Like, and nobody cares anymore. Right, yeah. I mean, I do, I do applaud them for keeping, um, like, 90, late 90s and early 2000s TV stars and and reality (laughs) TV stars going. Uh, Like, Ian Ziering and Tara Reid and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, so so at least their bills are still being paid because of these movies. <laughs> Act, hey, actors got to work, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, the host of the Monster Island Film Vault podcast and former guest host of this podcast, uh, sent us a new beginning gospel, which is the, I think, the literal translation of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, it's based, it's literally like, yeah, like the new beginnings of the gospel. Yeah. Actually, fun fact, I actually just watched the video that, that talked about that. It talked about all the religious stuff about Evangelion. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. I, and uh, I was made fun of when I was on a phone call with Nathan and Elijah because I was calling it Evangelion, not Evangelion. Uh, and they made fun of me. It's a fake word. Like, how, how you spell, how you spell, hey, listen, that's, that's, <laughs> I give that one a pass because one, it's a fake word. It's an anime. All words are fake. Like, how are you supposed to know if no one tells you? Right. right. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, it's it's like, it's evangelical. It's like an evangelical. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it just makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> it's like when you it's when you read comic it's when you read comic books and like there's like a really crazy name and like you just pronounce it in your head for 20 years until you hear somebody else say like oh that's not right it's just because you're so used to it like you just don't know how are you supposed to know exactly exactly uh crystal lady jessica sent in uh 
that the ADV dub is better than the Netflix one. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now. I'm not going to argue with that. I will have to take y'all's word on it because I only watch the Netflix one. <laughs> so. Because it's the only one that's that's readily available for the cheap. Um, And we could talk about it very briefly here. Like, it is it is a different, it is new voice actors. It is a new script. But, like like the core of the show is still the same the animation can't change like you can only change the words so much but like the animation is still the same like the same things happen um mm-hmm. i don't think it's as egregious as as people think it is but like also like i didn't watch it when it came out in 1995 so like maybe i just like it doesn't bother me as much i think it, i think the netflix one is pretty good for what it is i mean i get it if you're because like I'm, I'm i didn't watch evangelion whenever it came out but i i was a huge cowboy bebop fan still a huge cowboy bebop fan and if mm-hmm. they redubbed that and someone else was doing the voice of spike besides uh steve bloom uh yeah i would be kind of like uh no this is wrong this is this is absolutely yeah, wrong uh, see and that's where i 100 percent agree with you because like uh like like spike and like like uh like uh, faye valentine like all those like those are all iconic like voice characters um mm-hmm. not that the the, the I think some of the new cast for the Netflix show, they are so, so superior to the original cast. I think characters like Shinji are vastly improved in the new show. Characters like Gendo, however, are are not as menacing. Gendo's so much better in the original show. But that's just like apples and oranges. Like, just depends on what you like. Like, I think they're both really good. Like, you know. And Gendo is, that's the. Is, is the father. With the the father. Okay. He's always like on okay. his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I character names. I'm so I got Shinji. I know that one. Um, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I got I got a list. I got a list here. Don't worry. Like, there's a lot of names. I'm not good with names either. So. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not good with names of shows that I have watched a lot. So <laughs> this this one that I just yeah, I recently mean, watch, watched. I'll watch eight years of Game of Thrones and I'm like, oh yeah, blonde lady. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I am always like, I'm always doing that. It's like, oh yeah, the dude with this or dude, the dude that did that making up just nicknames for him because I don't know. Um, But yeah, uh, the one thing I do, I will say about the dub though, is finding out that Johnny Young Bosch, uh, who was the Black Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, who replaced Zack, you know, the the one who was in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie and became the green uh, Turbo Ranger and all that that he did the voice one of the voices in the netflix dub uh that made it all the more special to me because i'm like oh yeah i know johnny young bosch <laughs> oh right on uh super cool i love that so yeah that works um chris deggle uh one of our friends who likes to reach out to us and give us funny answers too he said now i'm i'm not gonna be able to pronounce this word right but it's bomb bomb kuchin bomb kuchin which i look I looked up and is a cake. Now, when I Googled it uh, and Chris Deggle, uh, who, who sent this in, I will tell you when I looked this up, I was immediately weirded out because on, on Wikipedia, it said it's a type of spit cake. Mm. And, and that by itself just freaked me out. But then I realized, what are you, oh, what are you doing, Chris? What are you doing? Oh, it means like a spit, like that sits over a fire and turns, like that oh, kind okay. of yeah, yeah, yeah. spit, like a spit fire, <laughs> right? It. Okay, so that type of spit. Okay, <laughs> wow, I haven't heard. I don't. I have. That's like a very like old old school way of 
spin is not something you often hear in the modern age yeah so i was like oh we just like hear spit cake it just freaked me out for a minute so chris uh like like ryan said what are you doing (laughs) because i don't know what this is (laughs) it sounds interesting it sounds tasty i would love to taste it when i actually read it but just hearing the is there maybe there's like a there's like a dish that they ate in the show or something maybe that we missed i don't know maybe i don't know i have no idea what this is come back to us with this one chris yes yes explain it explain it my little uh german friend (laughs) because i do not get this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh furbis on twitter sent us nihon animator mihonichi episode seven almost too easy <laughs> that sounds like an anime title all right yeah uh and he sh- he did uh include a gif that was from the from evangelion i'm guessing it was from episode seven so uh Thank you, Farbus. Uh, we give you a shout out. Very, uh, the, sh- the show has, uh, it's very gifable. Like the animations are, are so good. Uh, I have great, noticed that. Great, great <laughs> I have noticed mm-hmm. that in, in sharing my thoughts on Twitter of the show uh, after watching mm-hmm. it, that I tried to include a GIF each time uh, I, I posted something and it's like, oh yeah, there's a lot of GIFs of, uh, <laughs> of Evangelion. Yeah. Uh, a lot of GIFs that I don't want to share because they're kind of, uh, some of them are oh yeah some of them are are not family friendly yeah so i had to scroll through all those uh kaiju (laughs) knight 42 said neon genesis evangelion featuring the weakest protagonist the worst anime dad the most sundari sundari the most oedipus anime girl and some of the most freaky imagery mind effery ever and it just sounds like Kaiju Knight, you have a lot of issues, and this is a, exactly the type of show that <laughs> brings out those types of issues. <laughs> uh, th- I mean, so he's they're 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 not wrong in that description, but uh, those are the exact reasons that I love the show. So there you go. Yeah, uh, the most Oedipus anime girl. It took me a minute to realize what Oedipus was, and then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of is because because she is kind of sort of a clone of his mother. Are we getting? Oh, are we going right into the spoil the big spoilers? Oh, sorry, we sorry, I might cut that. No, out. no, it's okay. Also, no, honestly, Travis, like I mean, the show context, came out in 1993 no or 1990 something. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I just like. <laughs> No, you're right. I just want to like, like, make sure, like, when we're like, are we like in the discussion? Like, you know, I don't want to just in case somebody hasn't watched it. You know, something. Yeah. Just okay. Okay. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm very sorry to anybody who was planning on watching this show and a couple of movies. Uh, you've had since also, though, that literally explains. That explains nothing. Still, really, so yeah, fine. it really doesn't. Because like, I know that, and I still don't understand what happened in that show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> A lot of uh, some here's something th- just to know about me. A, a lot of my favorite, a lot of my favorite pieces of entertainment are are pieces of entertainment that deliberately leave out information. My favorite TV show of all time is Twin Peaks. My oh, favorite yeah. filmmaker is David Lynch. David Lynch, and that is a mm-hmm. dude who loves leaving you in the dark. He loves mysteries. He doesn't give you the answers. He never gives you the answers, and you have to be satisfied with that. And in, in a lot of ways, Evangelion is like that. Um, the a lot of the answers are there, but they're really not important. Like the lore isn't really important to the story, which in a lot of other animes would be important, right? It would all be about right. the ancestral race and Adam and Lilith. It's not really the point of the show, honestly. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that when I was watching and, and I'm totally fine with those type of shows too, is like, uh, if, as long as you give me something to latch onto in the show and you say, well, this stuff is this, these big, huge concepts, these weird ideas and stuff are interesting, but we're not going to explore it because we're focusing on the characters and what they're going through. I'm totally fine with mm-hmm. that. And so, and, and so this, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will get into it, um, a little bit later, but, um, it gets into kind of like, because there are two endings to this show. There's the ending that was aired, and then there was the ending that came out in the movie version, and I watched both. And Yeah, and even then, there's there's ways to read it that they are both the same ending, which we right. can talk about. Because, like, honestly, like, he, he kind of left it ambiguous in a way, again, like like a David Lynch, like, you guys kind of figure it out on your own, because that's it's kind of like a think piece, um, yeah. which people have been thinking about for 30 years and been mad about it. Yeah, but but definitely you do get one that is more ambiguous than the other. One of them oh, is yeah. more, more straightforward. It, it's still ambiguous, but it's more straightforward than the other, and I kind of liked the more ambiguous one than I did the straightforward one, which is kind of, I was not expecting that when people were explaining or, like, describing it to me, I was not expecting to enjoy the more ambiguous one, but I actually did. Um, just real quick, Matt, M- Madison Russell, James Talos, and DB, no, DBorgi86. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your Twitter handle, um, <laughs> but they all said Neon Genesis Evangelion. So you all got the correct answer. Neon Genesis Evangelion from 1995. Quick plot breakdown. Pray for me, y'all. Um, <laughs> a teenage boy <laughs> finds himself recruited as a member of an elite team of pilots by his father to fight dangerous life forms known as angels. Pretty simple. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Um, so before we get into like our uh, a deep discussion of the show i just want to get like our opening thoughts on it so your opening thoughts can be just your general feelings on the move on the show or can be mm-hmm. your where you know how you were first introduced to it anything you want to just open with what, what's your opening thoughts on this yeah um so i watched evangelion when it first came out on toonami um like 2003 2004 like around that area uh, i was too young to watch it but it was airing on toonami um and it was like robots fighting like monsters and like when i'm like a kid like that looks that's pretty cool right um mm-hmm. and all of the all of the depression stuff all of the, the 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 depth like went over my head i didn't i didn't even think about it um so when it was coming back out on netflix because there was no way to watch the show legally in the united states for cheap mm-hmm. uh evangelion like you'd have to like buy the dvds like on like the black market the black market like on ebay or something right mm-hmm. um so for evangelion to come back it was a really big deal to anime fans because uh, we haven't had a way to watch it. And I haven't watched it in like like 15 years. It was, yeah, 15 years. Um, so coming back to it, um, I, I, I love the show. I, I have a tattoo of the show. I think it's incredibly important. It is, it is without a doubt, one of the most influential pieces of, of not just anime, just like, like uh, art in general. Like it is the, 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 the reach that Evangelion has over all pop culture in a way is just really, really fascinating. And, um, the story behind it is super fascinating. And I just, as I gotten older, 
um, like as I got older, came, the Netflix thing came out like two years ago. Um, the past two years, I've just I've really really grown to love the franchise more, and like I played more of the games. I, you know, so there's mangas and there's so much other stuff, and there's like 37 like alternate timelines, and like there's three new movies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I I adore the franchise. It is absolutely not for everyone, but like I am someone who. When I come to art, I expect to be challenged. I never want to watch something and be bored. Art is supposed to make you feel something. And whether that's good or bad, uh, that's that's what I'm looking for in art. I want to be challenged by my art, and Evangelion challenges you um, in a way that no anime really does. Maybe except for Berserk, which, unfortunately, the author of that just passed away, too, which was destroyed right. my soul because Berserk is also one of my favorite. Berserk's one of my favorite things of all time. Um, very violent and dark, but deals with like hope and optimism. Um, yeah, I, I love the thing. I get why people don't like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that news, and I, I saw a lot of people. I, Berserk was one of those ones that I had no idea what that was. Um, so, uh, oh, dude, I, it's oh, I'm gonna talk about it so much in my podcast, but it is. I'm not exaggerating. It is the most influential piece of dark fantasy maybe ever written. Like oh, it, wow. in terms of influence and inspiration, I'm not joking. Like Lord of the Rings to regular fantasy, Berserk is to dark fantasy. Oh, Games nice. like Dark Souls, things like Final Fantasy, straight up would not exist without Berserk. It is, oh, it is, okay. and one man made it for 30 years. It was one man who did it for 30 years, and he died of stress, and it oh, just breaks wow. my heart. Don't overstress yourself. Don't overstress yourself, manga artists and writers. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea what yeah, it was yeah. until until this week when, when all that, when the news came out, and, uh, and then people were talking about it. I'm like, I had never heard of this thing. Um, my opening thoughts on Evangelion uh just first off geez kids lighten up (laughs) uh it's the absolutely it's it's the marge simpson riding in the car like geez kids can you lighten up a little (laughs) um (laughs) no now i i I say that jokingly now i am one we've talked about it and i've said it uh that i did not watch this when it came out i only recently watched it uh but i did watch a lot of anime when I was younger and I, I still watch a lot of anime now. Uh, and I, so I have watched stuff that was inspired by Evangelion without actually watching Evangelion and going You've seen Pacific Rim. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking of things like <laughs> big O big O is, uh, is oh, obviously oh, dun, 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 big O. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great show, but I, I watched that and I did not realize how much of that was inspired by Evangelion until I'm watching this show here now uh, in my thirties. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, so that's where they, they got the inspiration for that. And that's why the end of big O is so weird because they were trying to do Evangelion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah, were trying yeah. to do um, that. Yeah absolutely yeah so uh so yeah that's that's um that's where i'm coming uh at this and it's i absolutely absolutely and i want to make it clear that this i completely understand and see the significance of this show and and see why people love it so much and the impact it has had in on anime and not just anime but just just pop culture in general uh so I absolutely understand and respect all that. Uh, so everybody keep that in mind as we get into some of our likes and dislikes, um, because I'm going to have some oh, dislikes yeah. that a lot of people may not be happy with. <laughs> oh, that's fine. And hey, like, this is still like, 
it's still a 1990s anime. It's a problem. There's a we'll definitely talk about it. Um, uh, anime has a has a problem with ladies, oh, and yeah. it's a continuous problem that it's that it has even today. And it's a problem I just have with it's a problem I have with anime in general. And right. it's it's really hard to it's sometimes it is really hard to look past some of the the really gross shit that happens with women in, in animes and again it still happens to this day and it's an unfortunate part of their culture of Japan's culture and anime in in, in general and it really bums me out because there is some really gross really gross stuff in this anime that we'll talk about um and yeah. it's 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 kind of like a it's an unfortunate byproduct of the of the genre and I hate that I hate I hate I have to justify it because right. it's not good. Because, like, it's surrounded by so much good stuff and, like, you know. Right. And it feels also because it seems like and, – and I know there are still, ter- you know, ones that are really bad with it. But it seems like at least there is – it's starting to get a little bit better maybe in the modern era. But definitely in the 80s yeah. and 90s, you had it uh, really bad. Um, yeah, two Especially things- when you're adapting – like uh, just real quick, when you're adapting like mangas from from the older generations, even newer properties or newer animes that are based on older stuff will have some of that misogyny and some of that gross shit, just right. because it's 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 an older it's an older product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I watch Dragon Ball. I know. <laughs> oh, 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 Dragon Ball is so much pervier than uh, than you might think. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Master Roshi, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That. Um, Two things that people explained to me when I when I that had seen the show when I said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be watching Evangelion." They said the two things. One was the way it treats female characters, and two was it is very, very depressing and very dreary. And so mm-hmm. I'm watching it, and and it's like it, it's 25 episodes, right? Is how how long the original uh, series? 20, 26. 26. And I yeah. get to about episode nine and I'm like, this does not feel very dreary or depressing. What's going on? And, and then I get to, not yet. I get to episode 11 and 11, I kind of get like, okay, I can kind of see it. And it does get very, it does get, I, I, I can see it. And then I get to the end of the series and I'm like, okay, this didn't feel as dreary and depressing as everybody made it out to be. And I guess, and I'm like, I wonder if that says more about me as a person than it does the show, <laughs> because I'm like, so it, I'm, <laughs> well, it, it, it is, that is curious because like, specifically, I can never say the word specifically, I, I mumbled, <laughs> specifically when it came out in 95, right? Um, right. This type of, this, the type of trauma that happens in this show, at least from what I've seen in other animes around the time, it's. It's it's just so much heavier than anything that has ever come out before. Like there right. there's a there's a scene I think in like episode two where Shinji lets out like a guttural scream that right. I that shook me to my core that I never saw before in like anything else. And like the depths that this now I wouldn't say it's the most depressing thing of all time, but the the places that the show is allowed to go is deeper and darker than a lot of other animes. I would think. Like yeah. it, it allows it allows it to express like how tragic being a human being can be. Yeah, and I and I totally get that, and so I you know I do see like the track, you know, like what you're saying, how it's exploring the depths of of that, um, and I guess it is one of the byproducts of watching this nowadays and seeing it and not having the hindsight of you know watching it when when majority of the stuff that you're watching at the time didn't have this kind of stuff, but I'm in a time frame in my life where I've seen Full Metal Alchemist, I've seen. Parts, mm-hmm. parts of attack on titan uh and you're calling mm-hmm. this show depressing like 
have you seen yeah. Full Metal Alchemist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think. No, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I think maybe it. I think it might have uh, again because like when you come to the thing, you know, like twenty five years after it's been out or whatever. Um, I think maybe it was it was overplayed how quote unquote depressing it is because maybe you're expecting just like everyone to die and everyone to just be miserable all the time, but it's not really that. But it is. It is a show about sad people, and that is just—it's not a—it's not a—it's sh- not a show that exists really in other like you don't watch a lot of other shows where everyone's just in a bad mood. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind of just like dour at times, and like there aren't any other shows like that. Yeah, and I and I can totally get where it's coming from. Um, it just—I I don't know—I just was expecting it to be a lot more depressing than it was, just the way that people described it. And then, you know, yeah, one yeah. of the characters has a pet penguin that lives in her apartment. I'm like, well, okay, this is not depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's still an anime. I mean, yeah. it's gonna get dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is not that bad. Um, but so no, um, something I want to talk about real I'm quickly. Like, so um, I don't know how much you know about like the production of of, of Evangelion, but Hidekayano, um he was dealing with like severe depression during the making of the show. So there is a hard, there is a point halfway through the season or more than halfway. It's episode 16 where the show just shifts. It mm-hmm. stops being a, a monster of the week show. And it starts actually dealing with the trauma and the stuff that the kids are dealing with. Um, Hideki Anno was going through like severe depression, making the show. So as the show kept going, it kept becoming less about the monsters and more about the kids. That's why episode 25 and 26 are just a psycho uh, uh, analytical look at all the characters. Like there's no animation. Like right. Hideki Anno was so, he was in such a funk that like he didn't give a about anything else except exploring depression because that's what he was living in mm-hmm. and the show was so successful already that they couldn't they couldn't stop production and stop like stop these kids from just sitting down talking for 30 minutes like the, you got to get the production rolling right so like mm-hmm. the show kind of came out unexpectedly sad and again in 1995 like dragon ball z is premiering right like this like right. it's not like putting this next to dragon ball z like what are you what are you doing like this is not a kid show um, right. and that's just something the studio didn't didn't know what to do with but the show, um, despite having like a bad like uh, fan reaction to the ending, um, the show was obviously incredibly popular because it did something no show has ever done before, and it like it, it it targeted emotions in a way that no no show really ever does involving giant monsters, you know? Yeah, I I and, and I think that's it's one of the things I really like about this is, and especially one of the things I really like about watching this as someone like new to it, not watching it as a kid. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it revisiting it, but actually seeing it for the first time is I am more aware of tropes and stuff in the kind of giant robot genre. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and there, and there's, a, there's a million anime that's been out since you know the 70s of kids piloting giant robots and this is kind of like the anti that because this is like oh you know you have all these shows you know mazinger z and all these ones of these kids just going on adventures fighting with giant robots robotech you know and they're fighting a war but it's fun and they're enjoying fighting the burn login uh, Voltron, any of those, and then you get to this, and it's like, no, here's what this is what it does to a person's, especially a kid's psychology, his his yeah. like mental state to be in a constant state of having to fight for your life <laughs> in a giant robot. And I like that it it takes the trope that you might already be familiar with 
and flips it around and does something unique with it. And so I, I like I said, I do really appreciate what this film does. Uh, our film, but uh, I'm, I'm used to covering movies on the show, if you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, what the series does. Um, I want to get into some spe- very specifics. Um, we usually like to do our a positivity sandwich, so we'll usually start with some positives, then we'll talk about some negatives, and we finish on some positives. So okay, I want cool. I want to talk about some of the some of your positives very specific positives that you have for this show because we know I, I know now the themes and everything the greater meaning that the show has but are there any specifics in the show that you want to talk about yeah i um uh i i get like a bed magnet was on like the best and worst mecca podcast with you guys um mm-hmm. i i th- i find the evangelion design to be my favorite not just because it's one of my favorite animes i just i think the sleek the sleek nature of the designs uh, make them really cool robots, and then when you find out what they actually are, makes them really imposing and scary. And yeah. the animation style, the animation style from them being Avas to being beasts is horrifying. I've never been more scared of a of an animated robot in my life than when like when when uh, Unit One is bent over an an angel eating it, and you mm-hmm. see its glowing white eyes. That is like that is like nightmare fuel. And yeah. again, this is a show that's supposed to be about like they're the saviors, but actually they're the monsters. Like that's right. again, like like we are the monsters. Like that is like that when you find that out, it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, I love absolutely. It. Uh, again, it twists a twist on those tropes of you know the the giant robot. It's always supposed to be the hero that saves the day, and then here's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it is the hero, but also what? Um, you know, and and, yeah. uh, and I think it's episode two is when you get to see that moment of because because it happens in episode one but that uh shinji blacks out and so you don't get to see what happens when he's blacked out until episode two and what they when they show what happens to the unit one when it goes berserk and like the the teeth you know its teeth start showing and its eyes start showing and it's just becomes very animalistic and starts ripping into things and it's such a scary moment and for that to be in episode two that really sets the tone of like no these things are saving the day but they are also one step away from wiping us out and absolutely and it puts it in your brain yeah it puts you in your brain immediately like oh okay so maybe we aren't as safe as we thought if this is what they really are and then again you don't you don't really see more of that until like a dozen episodes later where oh my god man when unit one gets its like arm cut off and then mm-hmm. it attaches the angel's arm to it and it becomes <clears throat> like a human arm dude yeah. that is like that is like some of my favorite stuff just in entertainment like and and the dialogue uh between like um Ritsuka, the scientist like oh the restraints are coming off like what do you mean they're restraints like right. oh my god like the revelation of like what's going on like the avas are humans like all of that lower stuff that's like not super important but like in the moment it is important um it's like yeah. the revelations of the show are so are so intense i just i i can't help but adore them yeah yeah and and, and it adds to that uneasiness that you feel throughout the whole show because you're never safe you're never safe no matter where you are. You're never safe in the organization because there's obviously something bigger going on in that organization with the people in charge and with the people doing things. Uh, you're not safe in the EVAs because the EVAs are obviously something more dangerous than we ever knew. You're not safe in the city because the angels are attacking. There's just nowhere safe in this world that they've created. And- so, so that's why 
Sailai has to do the human instrumentality project because mm -hmm. the world is too sad. So what do we do? We just merge every single person's soul into one being so nobody's sad anymore. How right. that you I Travis, I can't tell you how insane of a plot device that is. They're like, the world is too sad. Let's fix it by merging everyone together. That is not something that happens in a in a regular show. That is some... The, yeah, the fact that it came from humans, like humans came to that conclusion, because that seems something like, that seems something like Skynet would come up with. Like, the only yeah. way to save yeah, yeah. humanity is to merge us all into one, you know, big file on a hard drive. And And, but the fact that humans came up with the idea of like no the only way to solve the world's problems is to basically eliminate individuality because no one will be happy as long as they are an individual living in this world so we have to merge into one huge being or you know just one life form and one and collective it, force yeah. yeah one collective force and it's just yeah it's it's a very i like that i love the super duper sci-fi stuff that they that they had in Dude, the show at the the end of evangelion um the uh shinji man, first of all shinji's awful in that movie he it, it, i really don't like that they that that's why I, I like to think end of Evangelion is happening during episodes 25 and 26. Right. Because like there, there's a way that you can work it around where like episode 24 happens and then end of Evangelion happens and then 25 and 26 happen. Um, right. But also you can not look at it that way. You can look at it as diverging timelines, alternate timelines, whatever you want. Um, man, end of Evangelion, when, the, when instrumentality is happening and everyone on the planet is turning into orange goo and that song tumbling down is going on. I'm not, that is one of the most chilling scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. That is, I, it is so haunting. And that when you die, the last thing that you see is what you truly want in your life. And for mm -hmm. so many of these nerve scientists, it's like the people that work there. It's people like Misato and, and uh, Ritsuko and like, the, and it's, it's so emotional and it's so big in scope while also like being so real and like small. It's like, I, I, there's just nothing for me like when I go when I think of entertainment and like big like pop culture stuff I think of like I think of End of Evangelion because like mm -hmm. there's never been anything like that ever made uh yeah. whether you like it or not like it's just so bombastic like I just like that's my chef kiss man yeah yeah it's so unique so very very unique um uh, yeah, I totally when I when I was watching it, uh, I watched it at, with the understanding that in my head, this is how I explained it was that what this the stuff that happened in 25 and 26 is what was happening at that moment in end of Evangelion at the you know, at that moment of convergence when everybody is, you know, turning to goo and everything. This is the moment Goop, that's goop time. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I yeah, I definitely to me i'm like this you know you get you get basically the two sides of it you get the side that's what's happening inside everyone's head and the side of what's happening mm -hmm. out in the real in, in reality yeah um he uh Ono was running out of budget at the end of the series so that's also another reason why like he was able to just go super minimalist um and again he, there was not enough time for the studio to stop him so he's just like welcome to my psych therapy lesson um because i can't yeah. afford to do Aving end of evangelion and then luckily he was able to a couple years later yeah yeah now i do want to get into some negatives because uh i do have let's some, do it i do have some negatives um oh yeah me too i one of the things that i always look for in a movie or a show is the characters if i can 
if I can connect with the characters. Now, now characters don't have to be outright. They don't have to be likable. They don't have to be good people, but I have to be able to connect with them. And, and you have to understand them, yeah. Right. And for the most part, minus one character, I could not connect with anybody in this in the show. Uh, I could not. I had a hard time connecting with Shinji. Could not connect with him. It just was very hard. You know, I, I just on emotional and, and and it's like it's not that I don't know what it's like to be in a, a depressed teenager. I know what it's like to be a depressed yeah. teenager, but I just still was struggling. I know what it's like to be a depressed adult. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> but I still just couldn't connect with him on an emotional level. I couldn't connect with, uh, well, any of the, any of the kids, I couldn't connect with them. Uh, none of the, none of the ones at the, at the Institute or at the organization couldn't connect with them except for Misato. Misato oh, was, Rocky. yeah, she was the one I could She's connect the best. with. Yeah. And I just, and I love her character. She is my absolute favorite. She's the only one that I could connect with on an emotional level because to me, it was like, she's obviously not perfect. She's obviously making mistakes. She is obviously doing a lot of things wrong, but she Mm -hmm. obviously is also trying to do her best. And that is what I connected with, with her was that she's trying her best, even if her best isn't always good enough. Yeah. Miss man. Masato is like, she might be like next to Sailor Moon, like like the most like famous and beloved anime uh, character of all time. She's just, she really is like the standout character. And I, you know, I I can, I, I will push back a little bit. I think because like, this is a show that like, it's 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 like in depression mode. So all the characters are kind of like in a negative zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's, I can't I can't well, I can't I can't push back against it actually like if you just don't connect the characters you don't because like there's right, there's not yeah. a lot to connect to if like they're all they're all sad like I totally get that I I don't I don't see it as a way of like oh like I I don't connect with Shinji but like I I know what he's going through I can understand what he's going through at least the first episode for me is really really powerful and strong this kid hasn't talked to his dad in a while he gets summoned to to pilot this robot like you're just gonna tell you just to do it I don't want to okay cool get out of my life then I didn't I never needed you like right. I I got family problems and like like I just connect with that. I'm like, oh man, like being a kid sucks sometimes. Like I get it. Um yeah. as the show goes on, he doesn't get any better. I will agree with that, but like there's a there is a foundation for Shinji that I that I get and I can accept. Um he I is think- a, a shitty nineties kid though. Right. Yeah. I think that's where I might have lo- like not been able to connect with him because I, I, you know, I totally understand everything he's going through. I have a terrible family life or well, not. I mean, my family yeah, yeah, lifetime, yeah. but I, I, my dad and me do not have a relationship right now. He is not in my mm-hmm. life and there's a good reason for that. And so I can understand the situation that he's going through with his dad. And I also understand what it's like to be a depressed teenager. So I definitely understand what he's going through. But then I think, yeah, the, there was never it never felt like there was enough character growth for him because every time he, there was a step forward, there was two steps back. And I think that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like. And, yeah. And my problem, really, um, I, I can forgive him. I think I can forgive Shinji in the show. Um, it's the choice of if end, end of Evangelion making him completely inert of any choice at all like right. he is being dragged around that entire movie by Masato uh, again she's so good in that movie because she's like taking charge and like mm-hmm. I think just where again where Hidekiano was in his life like that's where Shinji was in his life too and that's just an unfortunate thing of like he's so much worse than End of Evangelion so maybe that's why I like him in in uh, uh the regular show but yeah he's he's he is kind of like the audience surrogate uh, uh in a way and like if you're a young kid I think you 
definitely, uh, I think if you're younger, you can definitely connect with them more. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe that's an, that's one of those things that this is the, the that this was geared towards people in a stage in their life that I'm just not in anymore. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. very hard for me to connect with. And so the people I connect with are the ones that are in a stage of life that I'm in, like Masato, you know, someone who is working hard is dedicating everything she can to do the right thing or not even just do the right thing, but just do her best at what she does. And sometimes she succeeds and sometimes she fails. And when she fails, she kind of, you know, so it deals with it in her own way and it's uh, not always the most healthy way. Uh, so I kind of yeah, get that. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I, excuse me. There's a, there's Kaji who is the, the double triple agent uh, uh, boyfriend character. Oh, um, yeah. Who's kind of an asshole, an asshole throughout thing. But like, I, I really like their dynamic because it's a, it feels like real. We're like on mm -hmm. again, off again. Like, Oh, like it's this like asshole, but like he just has his charm on her. And like, that mm -hmm. feels real. And like the, and especially like the, the like the final stuff with Kaji, uh, like the, where he's like watering like the the, the flowers like as the, mm -hmm. the world ends, and he leaves that message to Masato with like, uh, if I ever see you again, I'll tell you the, the thing I should have told you years ago. And like that feels so real, and so like that's the emotion that I'm coming to the show. Like it's not always the sad stuff; it's the it's the the burst of of optimism or, or the burst of love that that pop out of this sadness. Right, and I think that's why this show didn't feel as depressing to me or as dreary to me as what people made out to be, because there were those moments of hope and optimism amidst it all that that came in and they weren't all from the main character the main character obviously there wasn't really like a lot of optimism coming from him but they were coming from side characters and so i kind of connected more with the side characters than i did the main characters um uh that character kaje uh was one that that i really connected with because again he is this guy like i, I love the scene where he's watering the plants and it's like you know i can't really do anything to save the world but i can take care of these plants so i'm gonna take care mm -hmm. of them until i can't anymore <laughs> and it's just like yeah you know you know who can save the world shinji you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, More pressure on a child. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. It totally, totally flies in the face of all of the great, uh, the, the, the silly anime of with kids that just go and save the world and giant robots. And, and then you see like, no, no, this is the type of stuff that they would be dealing uh, with. Yeah. There's, um, there's a bunch of Ultraman shows. Uh, uh, I've tried to get more into Ultraman just because, mm -hmm. again, like Hidekiyan is going to make an Ultraman thing. So like it makes me more interested in it now. Um, I watched the first episode of this thing called Ultraman Orb. And it's oh, very yes. much like, it's very much like this kid is like, he's chosen to be a hero, but like, it's not sad. Like he's hella stoked about it. And right. he's like, I get to be a hero. Hell yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is like the anti-Evangelion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although there, there is, there is some moments in, in orb that kind of go into a little bit um, darker place, which I kind of liked. Um, but yeah, for the most part, Ultraman does stay pretty lighthearted because it is for a younger audience. Um, talking about another character that I kind of. Asuka Langley. Asuka. Oh, Asuka. Oh my <laughs> Okay. You don't like her, I'm guessing. I I actually did kind of like her as the show progressed, which I guess is kind mm -hmm. of the point. You're not supposed to like her at first, and then you kind of... Oh, yeah, she's big jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's annoying. She's so annoying. Uh, that she's, is... Yeah, self-confident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but obviously it's 
you know, to hide some insecurities and to hide, you know, the problems. And so, yeah, I grew to kind of like her by the end, but she was never my favorite character and was more annoying than anything. And it's one of those ones that even though she did have some character growth, it never felt like there was enough character growth because it was always like, you're still being just an absolute jerk. It's like, you've been through all of this. You were in a coma for all this time and you you're still acting like a jerk. Why? Why? You, you should have changed by now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of those anime things where like, nah, that's gotta be the character for a long time. Um, Asuka is definitely one of those characters that is super divisive. Um, Like I like her, but like definitely not my favorite either. Um, I think she's got some really great moments. I think she has the best fight um uh in, in, in the Evangelion against all the the mass produced oh, yes yes um that is some some horrifying some cool like getting the spear thrown in your face like how scared man yes. good stuff all around in terms of uh fights with Asuka yeah she definitely in the series and in, in end of Evangelion she had the best action scenes uh because she just she was the one who had she was the best fighter of the three of them like yeah. like as much as shinji was this great you know and, and the the unit one was this great thing she was just so much better at fighting and so she was always she always was brilliant in it uh so she yeah yeah great great action scenes i do i, I do like that much of it no the father i can't remember which, what was the father's name again gendo gendo I do like that they play on the idea because like I've watched Mazinger Z and in Mazinger Mm -hmm. Z, the father is the one who builds the robot. And then, you know, he leaves the robot to his son to pilot to save the world from the evil invaders and stuff. So it's a play on that where the father is the one who develops this thing, but you can't trust the father because he's obviously not a good person. I wish uh-huh. I wish they would have kind of played with him being untrustworthy more and not just outright be irredeemable from the beginning. Like he, like there was no ambiguity to him. He was just like, "No, you know this is not a good guy." That's fair. I don't think I don't think that was the point or the trajectory of the character. I don't think he was ever supposed to grow. He's, this is, you know, Shinji is a, is a teenager who can grow. Gendo has been this way his whole life. Or you've yeah. seen how he turned into this way. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I, I just, I think he's at a point, like he's not, he's not at a point where he has any character left to grow. He is about like, I need to die so I can be reunited with my wife. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. And, and I wasn't necessarily looking for character growth, but just, I would have liked him to be more ambiguous. Like there, there's, there are characters out there in, in franchises where you don't know whether they have, uh, whether they have an alternate agenda or whether they are, have the best, um, whether ultimately they are good or ultimately they are bad. Kind of like, okay. And and I, I'm not a fan of this franchise, but just to put it into terms that people might understand, but like Snape in Harry Potter, if you read oh, okay sure 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 the way he is done is he's supposed to kind of be more ambiguous of you don't know if he's the bad guy or the good guy until the very end uh now yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i don't know how well that played out because i didn't watch all the movies or anything but that's what i was hoping with this character that he's like oh he comes off as like the bad guy then you get those glimpses of well maybe he's not the bad guy maybe he they, maybe there is something more going on and then it's then it turns at the end it's like no no he actually is kind of the bad guy all along 
but there just wasn't any of the there was no glimmer of him possibly being good in any kind of way he just was outright you knew he was irredeemable from the beginning yeah um i mean i can't argue with that um i do think i do think the flashback episode is really important to see when he was really young and with his partner and how he met his wife and all that stuff back when he was a good person and i i think that flashback episode is really important to show why he is the way he is but then um, in that flashback, they also said like that they that people were saying like, well, he only married his wife. Well, people were saying this about him that he only married his wife for the for the name and for the for the money or whatever. You know, like they yeah. like they made it out to be like he wasn't a good guy even then. So I don't know. See, and that's where that's where I think the flashback's important because his whole goal is to die and be reunited with his wife. So he does love his wife. He loves his wife so much he's willing to give up everything else. And while I, I I can't agree with you that like maybe that's not enough for a full character, um, like I I see that like this dude's lived his whole life, uh, uh, he's had the character arc, and now he's at the point where he's like I'm I'm ready to die, like I don't need to I don't need to impress anyone else, um, and I can understand why that's not uh, fulfilling, I suppose. Um, I guess I guess for me the character that I feel that that like that I would have felt that with Gendo is like Ray because I'm not sure about Ray throughout the whole show and you're not really sure about what ray is or who ray is until the end either and i think ray is the more interesting character in terms of what's who are they and what are they yes it's real mess it's real messed up yeah is she a good person or is she a threat you don't know because there's just no way of knowing and because you can't tell what's going on with her until it's revealed uh and i wish they did something like that with with gendo with the father that Mm -hmm. that he you like you just didn't know whether he was a good person or a bad person until the very end. And well, think... you do know that he that he is like insanely in love with his dead wife. Um, he yeah. has a way too close relationship with Ray, like way too close. He almost he almost he burns his hands saving Ray, something he would not do for Shinji. So I yeah. think there is I think there is enough um, on the wife side to to kind of counter. But like I'm not gonna uh, you're, you're you're still right. Yeah, uh, the the episode that I finally realized, I'm like, okay, maybe this show is as dark as what people and depressing as people were saying was old the, hag. The old, the hag, old hag. The old hag. Oh man, <laughs> I rewatched that earlier. That's still like, man, this is a. I hope children aren't watching this. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little kid gets choked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, gets choked out and then the lady who did it kills herself Oopsie yeah poopsie. and and it's like i i mean to be fair the kid had it coming <laughs> i'm just, <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm just kidding she I'm should just... have been on that tall of a building i'm just saying yeah it's yeah, slippery up there yeah um but no it's uh it's it, it, that was when i was like okay maybe the show is kind of dark <laughs> but i was like but i still I yeah. um it, there's a there's a uh-huh. point where there's like a hundred Ray clones and they all get disintegrated because uh, uh, Ritsuko is so jelly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And they all like wake up right before being disintegrated. So they all have. <laughs> yes. That was horrifying. Horrifying. Um, I, we, we already kind of covered it, so I don't want to get into it too much, but the, the definitely the show was of the era and of a culture that definitely has a very different view or a very creepy view towards women. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if these characters were like 25, like it wouldn't be so much an issue, but they're like 14. 
And we see a lot of naked women that are not of age. And that's just something that's like, it sucks. It sucks. Luckily, it's not like super detailed. Like it's, they make it vague. So it's like not super gross, but like, man, um, it's just something you can't escape from. And it, it, it does bum me out every time I watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to hold it against the show. Uh, that is definitely not something I hold against it because I understand the context of, I can't hold it against this show. And then also realize that a lot of shows are like that. A lot of things. I'm not, I'm not also not excusing it, but I'm also just like, there is, there's context to it that makes it like, I can't, I just, I, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against it for, for doing that. Uh, Like I said, I've seen the original dragon ball. I know what it was like. So yeah, there's just a very pervy, um, what we would consider pervy way of, of viewing young people and women in a lot of anime from that time period i will say and this is i promise you this is gonna sound bad this is not me defending it there is something really interesting about exploring young people and their sexuality and like what it means to be young and like flirty and like dealing with people you work with like all the stuff like between the kids themselves i i like i i like but it's yes. when we get into stuff with like like it's when we get into like asuka and kaji and like she like like flirts with kaji and he's like nonchalant about it right like, bro that's so gross like i know yeah. you're a sleazebag but she's like 14 yes yeah yeah I, i'm the same way i'm like okay the idea of the four of, of the teenagers kind of because they're in that age where they're starting to get feelings and and they're going through this stuff and they're now put in this very adult world and they're trying to understand what's going on they're expressing themselves in in different ways i totally get that and i don't mind that it's kind of the reason why i'm not necessarily bothered by uh john green's uh looking for alaska you know it's like because that book had kind of has a similar thing of like there's a there's kind of this mm-hmm. sexual awakening but not really of teenagers because they're kind of discovering themselves in that way um yeah there's so- there's the scene with with shinji and asuka and asuka's like kiss me and mm-hmm. she's like we, we, we're grown-ups we got to kiss that's what grown-ups do and like Shinji is like terrified, but she's also terrified because like this is what grown-ups do, right? This is what we do. But we right. save the world and we kiss. And like that feels like very real and like a very like kid thing of like this is what we're supposed to do. And then it ends super awkwardly. Like that whole yes. scene is great, but then everything else like surrounding it, it's like, oh gross. Yeah, and also um Shinji his dealing with the feelings and emotions that come from the the white haired kind of the male version of Ray. Uh, whatever. Oh, Kadru. Kadru. Yeah. Kadru. Kadru. The, the, and you obviously, like, they don't explicitly say it, but there's definitely some feelings that are being expressed there that they, as teenagers, are, or or Shinji as a teenager is like, I don't know what these are and I don't understand where I fit. So the biggest, the biggest change from the original um, dub to the new dub is Kadru in the original line and an original show says, uh, uh, Shinji, it means I love you. And in the new version, it says they change it to Shinji, it means I like you. And that pisses a lot of people off. And I 100% get it. Um, but if you watch the show, the, 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 the it's still there. 
the the, the like the, the the romance is still there even if you change one line like they are they are flirty they're hanging out together in a bathtub like mm-hmm. it's 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 they're definitely romantically like like is uh, their kids like exploring right like it's what it's what happens like right all the yeah. stuff of Kadru, man like i can't tell you how much i love how he's in the show so little it is he is like the most important character in the show with while being like the least important character like it's he is so fascinating he allows shinji to like accept who he is as an individual and he's like shinji you gotta kill me or i'm gonna destroy the world like mm-hmm. that that scene is so powerful man yeah, absolutely. I think uh, of the uh, I think he's another character I, I really liked. Uh, not that I connected with him, but just the impact he had on the story, like you were saying that I really yeah. like that. And and I, you know, and I didn't even I can't even tell you if I even remember uh, heard the line that you mentioned. So mm-hmm. like it makes that makes no difference. I, I get why people might get upset by that. But that line doesn't didn't stick with me. The acting and the way it was portrayed throughout the whole show or throughout the whole episodes that's what stuck with me more than just that one it still conveyed the emotions yeah yeah Yeah, changing one singular word is not going to change the emotion of an entire animated scene right and and also again we're talking about we're talking about teenagers they're not necessarily going to throw around the word love anyway so the saying i like you is almost as powerful as saying i love you as a teenager um but yeah. yeah, no, it, 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 I, I totally get that. And I, I, I really liked when the teenagers, like you said, were interacting with each other on that level. It, it the parts that were the worst was when it was the adults and teenagers. And that's yeah, when, it when it's like, like uh, yeah, like Kaji or, or like Gendo and Ray, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. Worse, yeah. Cause even the, even the adults with them, with each other, you know, you have, you know, the, the, um, Misato and, and her on again, off again, love interest and, and the blonde haired, uh, um computer scientist uh, and Ritsuko. Yeah, yeah, Ritsuko and she has uh, a few people that she kind of flirts with but then you find out she's been sleeping with Gendo this whole time and mm-hmm. he's only using her, you know, in that way and then you know the impact it has on her. So yeah, the so there is this kind of like exploration of sexuality and sensuality uh that's really interesting. It's just I wish that it's stayed- Oh my god adult and and kids separated <laughs> yeah i just realized i like man, gendo gendo had his wife and then he had ritsuko's mom and then he slept with ritsuko too yeah. that guy oh my god people just gendo where's <laughs> he doesn't have a personality he's mean why do you guys like him so much yeah so i know mean. it's like it doesn't make sense why she was so obsessed with him at the end of like i'm willing to die rather than be uh rejected by you and it's like have you talked to this guy <laughs> yeah he doesn't maybe seem it's like, like a, he's... it's like a power thing like oh he's the man in charge like oh it's like this is the man my mom dated like i don't know yeah. that is weird yeah it's so crazy um we didn't even talk real about... quick i want to talk about i want to talk about toji um okay who is who is the secret the secret fourth like children um he's a he's a such a minor character but again like the minor characters are like the most important characters like he mm-hmm. starts as shinji's bully like he starts as yes. a guy who beats shinji up then he becomes his friend and then he unknowingly fights and dies by shinji's hands like that is that is and when you find that out like man it is again like the show hits you with 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 the emotional beats so hard that like mm-hmm. that the no show hits you man like and it's not something you expect like toji was just like a throwaway character but now i really really care about this moment it's like 
it's it's amazing yeah yeah it, it it's it, it really i did like that i liked again it's one of those things i like the side characters more than i liked kind of the main characters other than misato was the only yeah. main character i kind of connected with the rest of them i just I, it, it was the side characters that m- made the biggest impact on the story uh to me and i'd guess- be super curious um because there's obviously you have like the 26 episode series um there's there is the rebuild trilogy that is a it turns the the series into like updated movies will also uh-huh. changes stuff i'm curious if you would like those because there is some radical changes to both like the characters and the story um also yeah. it just looks better um it's I... not as sad I need to watch those because I, I the only ones I the only thing I watched for this episode was just the original series and the and the um the end of Evangelion. Uh, no, yeah, that's good, good, good. Yeah, but I, I do want to watch the rebuild ones just because I would like to see uh, how how much more I like them compared to this um, and and what's mm-hmm. different about them. Um, we haven't Did you talked see about that on Netflix. Uh, real quick, did you see that there's also something called Evangelion uh, Death True Square? I Yes, and I read online that that is not uh, – What is it like they just took clips so from the it's, show? So it's super, super – I'm not going to talk about it too long, but it's super fascinating because, it yes, it is It is an hour-long uh, clip show. Or not, it's not a clip show. It's an hour-long rendition of the show, but it doesn't make sense if you haven't watched the show. Because oh, okay. it's edited in such a way, it's edited in such a way where, like, when a cliffhanger thing happens, the next thing you expect to happen is something else. And if you're not, if you haven't watched the show, it doesn't make sense why the transition would be this way. So, in a way, it's a, it's like a, it's like a revision for fans, while also includes new information. Like, I don't know how much I'm, I'm remembering from the show or from Death True, but in Death True, that's where you learn about the first, um, the first and second impact and how um like lilith is like born of people and like all this crazy stuff and like the dead sea scrolls and all this nonsense right okay it's, yeah it's it's wild if you like if you like the show it's worth watching um just again to see all the best action scenes but also some extra footage and extra stuff that wasn't in the show okay okay i might check it out then because uh because it's, I... it's 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 also like a music video because it has it's it's accompanied by shinji playing the violin halfway through it it's it's a really weird again it's a weird piece of art that i love Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh online uh I was looking up online uh cuz cuz the whole uh end of Evangelion kind of confused me when I first was like looking up so I was like, okay, so I when I looked up what to actually watch uh and they said, you know, watch the series and watch Even- end of Evangelion and that's pretty much that is the the encompasses the original uh thing and then you have this other stuff that yeah. you can explore later and so and I'm like I have a weekly show. I'm trying to cram a lot of stuff into my <laughs> schedule. And so I'm going to watch the bare minimum and get through it. <laughs> no, yeah. Also like, like, th- like this is the core of it. Like the rebuild movies are like the 21st century, like, you know, like the Shin, the Shin Evangelions, if you will. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Or, or like the Digimon try of, uh, oh there you go yeah yeah uh for for digimon nerds and nobody nobody gets that reference so digimon digimon yeah i'm a fan you got me um i we haven't talked about the the actual monsters and and this is a kaiju podcast even though it's mech month that's true we haven't really talked about the monsters which are the angels i really liked how none of them were none of them made sense 
and I kind of like that. Like, yeah, you oh, yeah. had you had the one that was kind of like humanoid and you know had a head and arms and legs, and then one of them is just like a big pyramid. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, weird. I absolutely adore the designs. Like everything in the show is immaculate design. Like I, I have no issues with how the show looks whatsoever. Every angel, all seventeen of them, even including Karu, because he's a cool looking dude. All of them look fantastic. Um, every one of them is unique and cool. Um, there's an amazing uh, fan-made fighting game uh, of Evangelion that you can you can just download online that has every single angel and every single Ava, including the giant Ray from the end of Evangelion that you can play as. Uh, fantastic. Um, wow. Just wild stuff. Like, and I love that the angels were like every new angel was a different. It was had to be dealt with in a different way. Like there was an angel that didn't have a body that was a technological virus that took yes. over a nerve. Like yes. it's so imaginative. Every angel is like insanely unique. Yeah. That's I think that's one of the things I loved about it was just like they were so unique, so different, and I, you never knew what to expect uh going into it. And, and and we talk about how like Pacific Rim is kind of inspired by um by Evangelion, but one of the things that they didn't pull from, which I wish they did, was how unique the the angels are. Because the kaiju in Pacific Rim, while having unique features to them, they all kind of blend together, and they're not really, yeah. you know, nothing uh, nothing about them really stands out. Whereas these, it's like, oh yeah, one is a one's a big pyramid, one is a techno organic virus and one is uh you know one is giant angel wings yes one is just big angel glowing angel wings that just flies through and and one's a big whale that swims through the giant eyeball an eyeball that like that like drops uh bombardments from space yeah they were so so crazy and i loved the designs i loved that each one had its own unique way of of attacking each one had its own they all had kind of the same purpose they're obviously all going towards adam or or lilith or whatever they're trying to get to that but they have different ways of doing it and when shinji gets stuck in kind of this like uh negative zone type thing oh man so cool it's really cool and i really like that moment i think that was one of my standout moments in the whole show was when he's trapped there he's in this thing he has he has no idea how to escape how to uh get out no one you know no one back home knows how to get him out or if he's still alive and then you find out he the way he escapes is because uh unit one again goes berserk and and just rips himself out of this void and it's just it's yeah. so crazy I, I i just really liked it um, yeah man um yeah the the again like all the action is so good like there's the one there's the one episode where it's like uh they're doing so many like uh, uh coordinated like double punches and like spin kicks together and like yeah it's like man I, I have no complaints about how the show looks man it's incredible mm-hmm yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, visually, this movie is or the show is great. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I can't think. I really can't think of anything else that I wanted to specifically talk about because I think most of what we um, yeah, I, I mentioned I liked the anime ending more than the than the movie ending. Even though I like, I mm-hmm. did take it as like I like that you can kind of say, oh, this is what's happening in the real world, and here's what's happening, kind of like on the metaphysical level. 
And so you get both. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I appreciated both for what they were, but if I'm just picking a favorite, I kind of liked the more ambiguous metaphysical ending of the anime. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and it's, and it fe- I feel like I'm in, a, in the minority in that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well it's, I, I love, I just love that ending just for how, just how bonkers like, yo, we're ending this monster anime with just a bunch of people clapping in a circle and like in, in someone's head. That's how it ends. Sorry. Um, yeah. There's something really neat, not neat. I don't know. I, I am conflicted about the end of Evangelion because it is Shinji rejecting instrumentality and it is him choosing to, ch- to choke Asuka to see, is this, is this a choice? Is like, you know, am I making this choice? And it is like, this is a thing. Cause Asuka's like, Oh, this is disgusting. Why are you doing this? Like we have returned to the real world, but like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel after that. Cause I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I was too with the, with the end of Evangelion. I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel because it doesn't feel like a victory. It doesn't feel yeah. like they won or save the day or save the earth. It doesn't feel like anybody has grown much. Whereas in the, one of the reasons why I like the anime ending is because one of my chief complaints about Shinji is that he doesn't do very much growing as a person throughout the show until that ending. And that's where he has the biggest character growth is when he's talking to essentially himself and convincing himself why life is worth living. And I think yeah, that I am, I am me. I am an individual. I, I want to be alive. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's why I kind of like that ending more is because this is where you finally get to see Shinji's character shine the most is in that in that ending, uh, whereas you just don't get that in any anywhere else, especially in the in the end of Evangelion movie. Like you said, he is he's so much of a he's so much of a prop in that movie that just gets moved around in in my perfect world. um. Cause like I I prefer like 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 you the ending of the anime, but there's no world that I want to live in without end of Evangelion existing because of how bonkers that movie is. So mm-hmm. in my head canon, in my head canon, uh, the anime plays out, and then episode twenty five happens, and then end of Evangelion happens, and then episode twenty six ends, and it's congratulations, and there's no choking, and everyone ends happily. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or or like, yeah, you could have where it cuts back and forth between the the real world and the metaphysical world and and stuff like that, and you're kind of like how the these two stories are happening simultaneously and they kind of converge at the very end. I would that would have been really interesting, but but I also understand why they didn't do that because like the reason why they went with such a low budget thing for the show is because they didn't have a budget, <laughs> they didn't have yeah. any money. And again, man, like it. I just I can't believe how good it looks even even still man like like some of the animations are so fluid mm-hmm. I'm like I just you just you just don't get this in a lot of animes like you, you just really don't there is that 80s and 90s gritty kind of gr- it's not gritty but grimy animation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that you know it's it's like it's cowboy bebop it's um it's uh uh ghost in the shell it's this it's it's yeah, yeah. I even mentioned it in our last episode with Transformers, uh, Transformers, the movie from the 80s, that that because it was uh, animated by Toei uh, and it had that kind of grimy, almost a heavy metal, if you know, heavy metal, um, the mm-hmm. the movie uh, version of the of the magazine uh, that it has that kind of griminess to it that is very unique. It's it's not sleek. It's not 
polished. It's it's grimy. it's not clean. Yeah, yeah, it's not clean. It's it's got it's got texture to it almost, and I, I kind of I like yeah. that, and it takes me back to being a kid and seeing anime for the first time because the the animes I watched when I was a kid was the kind of grimier textured ones like that so yeah it, it, it's yeah this is definitely the animation style is is dated but dated in a brilliant way yeah in a way that i'm like can we can we come back to this yeah <laughs> yeah can we do more of this i kind of want this i want more of this um so uh i guess we can uh now move on to our final thoughts and our scores now for anybody who hasn't listened to this podcast before and you're here because of you're a fan of fake nerd podcast or you're a fan of evangelion um we like to rate i hope i did it justice i'm sorry (laughs) there's so much (laughs) like how do you condense this down into a a one and a half to two hour podcast oh my gosh travis travis you don't because our 200th episode was five hours long Oh, it is, it's, you can't, yeah, it's so hard to condense <laughs> this down. I'm just like, and, and, and even as we're talking about it, I'm just trying, that's why I seemed like I'm rambling. If I'm rambling more than I normally do, it's because I'm trying to wrap my head around what I've watched and trying to come to grips with it as we're talking. And that's what I, and that's what I love because again, like, uh, not everything works for you. And like, I'm so glad that it didn't because that means it was a piece of art that affected you in a way. That like whether you liked it or not, it worked. It did its job, and I'm I'm super happy about that. I'm glad you weren't like, oh, you know, it was kind of boring. Like I'm so glad you didn't say that because this is like the least boring thing ever made. Oh yeah, no, there that is one thing that Evangelion is not. It is not boring. It is absolutely not. Nah, you not are boring. you are you are. There is stuff happening all the time. There is stuff happening now. Whether you like the stuff that's happening, that's just dependent on your own taste. But there is stuff happening. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we oh, yeah. like to we like to rate our movies and TV shows out of five Godzukis instead of uh, five stars <laughs> or whatever because what we about, like. To- what about Manila's? Uh no no <laughs> we we stand right. the great Godzuki here um okay i say that because michael's not here michael's the manila fan (laughs) oh cool cool cool. got it we're godzuki all the way then yeah yeah it's like we we embrace the silly side of giant monster movies and tv shows and everything by uh using godzuki the bumbling nephew from the 1970s hannah barbera godzilla show uh as our rating system yeah so uh so out of uh so we're going to rate it out of five Godzukis and then uh, you can give your final thoughts. You just, you know, you can give us your score and then your final thoughts. Uh, so uh, Ryan out of five Godzukis, <laughs> what do you give Evangelion? Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, I'm a sucker for cool robots, cool monsters, and a bunch of sad boys. So uh, I give it five Godzukis out of five. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it, it goes hard in what it's trying to do, and it either works for you and it doesn't, and sp- in my case, it really, really works for me. Um, I think I think it's one of the best animes of all time, even with all the nonsense, gross stuff that it has, like a lot, a lot of animes too. Five Godzukis. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, my final thoughts. Uh, I'm going to give my final thoughts and I'll give my score. Uh, I write mine down just because then I can get all the thoughts out of my head and onto paper. Um, but Smart. I said uh, the what I said on in my show notes is I truly did enjoy parts of this uh, of the show uh, and and the movie. Um, and I didn't find it as bleak as everyone made it out to be. And I think, like we said, a big part of that is because I've 
I've approached, I've come to this later in life. And so I've experienced anime and other things that were inspired by this. And so Mm -hmm. then coming back to it, it's like, well, no, this isn't as dark as everybody made it out to be. Well, that's because I've watched the stuff that's pushed the envelope further. Um, Yeah. I can definitely see the artistry in it. I can definitely see why people really like it. I can also see the influence that it's had on a lot of pop culture, movies, TV shows, anime, manga, everything. I don't regret watching it at all. But I think I kind of would have been probably fine without watching it for, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it has changed my life watching it. And I think that is, that's where I kind of settled on it is like, I don't regret watching it, but it didn't have the impact on me the way that I was expecting it to. And the way that it had on other people. Um, It's something that maybe you have to be a specific age or maybe have a specific time in your life that this this uh the to have the biggest impact on you and i'm just past that point so it just didn't resonate me with the way that it resonated with people but i totally get why it resonates with people i'm totally on board and i definitely think that the animation was great the action is great the design for the monsters and the robots are great it just overall didn't resonate with me the way it did with other people and so I give it a. So we're two. getting matching tattoos, is what you're, you're saying. Yeah, we'll get an we'll get an Eva <laughs> Eva Unit One on. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, my my score, I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five. Godzukis. And I feel, I feel bad for it because I know how much Why? people love this. <laughs> hey man, I said it earlier. You like what you like, like. Yeah, I, you know, if if everybody gave everything five stars, like, why would we listen to the podcast? Everyone's yeah. all the same opinion. And I and I and I feel like people because I because I, I think people who listen to this podcast might get the impression because I I'm a very enthusiastic person and I get very enthusiastic about silly stuff and so I think people might think oh well mm-hmm. he didn't like this because it wasn't silly enough and didn't you know and he doesn't like the darker kind of deeper stuff. No, I love. You know, I, I can watch and I enjoy stuff that kind of is the character exploration, explores emotions and depression and things like that. I mean, I love and it's not quite to the extent of Evangelion, but one of my favorite movies is Akira Kurosawa's um, uh, Ikiru, which is the the movie that is basically an old man finds out he's dying. So he decides to change his life. But no one around him believes that he's wanting to change his life and no one wants to give him the time of day. And he and so it it kind of explores the idea of the legacy that you leave behind, but also at what point is it too late to change your ways? And is it too late to is it ever too late to change your ways? Oh, Um, man, that's awesome. That reminds me that reminds me of Berserk, Travis, because Berserk is about um brotherhood and destiny and what happens when one of your brothers betrays you for destiny um and and the emotional ramifications of that um i know you don't like violence so don't check out berserk but that sounds a lot like berserk but but like a a dark yeah yeah so so see i i like themes like that so i don't want people to hear me uh give evangelion 2.5 and think oh he only likes the silly giant rabbit movie or the giant tomatoes movie and that's all that he enjoys it's like no, no i hey, do <laughs> hey man 
it's it's the the show is old now old you know like right yeah it's not that old i guess and considering all the time but like again like it's a very beloved show and it's it's super impactful that doesn't mean everybody loves it like everybody doesn't love every like marvel movie just because everyone likes some marvel movies doesn't mean everyone loves them you know what i mean like it's just opinions man yeah i will say like with certain things like an evangelion or like a marvel movie i guess like people are super passionate about it but you just got to step back and go hey man like not everything's for everyone yeah and i think if if uh i i'm not where whereas evangelion didn't resonate with me things like um ghost in the shell did resonate with me and i did watch that about the time that what most people were were watching uh evangelion or about the age that most people were watching evangelion i was watching uh ghost in the shell and so Mm -hmm. like that kind of that resonated with me more than this did so i like i i think also again it comes back to maybe i'm just past the age or past the life experience where it would have the most impact so uh but yeah no i i I enjoy things like ghost in the shell i enjoy things that make you think that make you that that makes your brain hurt because stuff happens and yeah. it's so big and bizarre um but yeah no i like i said i don't regret watching it i do not regret watching it one bit um yeah so I'm that glad. i'm glad i'm glad now it's 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 something like one of those like like oh it's like like the godfather or like star wars like it's just something like if you're a fan of of, of a thing you have to see it and you know you like you like giant robots and now you've seen one of the most influential ones so you could say hey i've seen it yeah, I like I like giant robots. I like anime. I like sci-fi that makes you think and and explores things. So I, I'm you know it's it was definitely on my list of stuff I knew I needed to watch at some point. I just had never gotten around to it until until now. And uh, I'm glad that you made me watch this. <laughs> you did bring up Big O earlier, and I'm not gonna lie. I've just been thinking about Big O's theme song in my head for like an hour and I might rewatch Big O. So next year, if you want to do another Mech Month, (laughs) make it about Big O and I'm on it. I will do that. I will make sure that next (laughs) May we will cover Big O and you will be on the Big O episode and then Ben will be on the (laughs) Megas XLR one because we we talked about megas xlr a little bit while he was on there and then and then uh brandon needs to be on the gurren login <laughs> there you go look at that just fake nerds taking over yeah yeah it's just every every year for mech month it's just going to be fake nerds month <laughs> i love it i love what's going on here Oh man. Well, uh, that's going to close the book on Evangelion, uh, for this podcast. Anyway, if you want to hear more deeper and longer discussions of the anime, definitely check out the fake nerds because they talk about it. And like you said, that you guys went on for a long time talking about the show because there's a lot. Oh my God. We, yeah. Our 200th episode, we, we are, the whole episode was five hours in length, but like the topic itself was three hours, but it's just three hours of all of Evangelion. So like, if you want like a deep dive, uh, check that episode out from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do not have a mailbag um, to anything in the mailbag to read out because our mailbag is empty. So if you want to help fill the mailbag, you can write a letter. Uh, you can send us some some feedback or some uh, questions or comments or whatever you want to send us. You can do that. Kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Uh, please do it because I have the mailbag theme song that everyone seems to really enjoy but I can't play it because there's no there's no mail to read out. So please do that. Also, you can send it to us in a tweet. Come on, listeners. Yeah, send it to us. Uh, look, how, look how easy it is. 
yeah at kaiju weekly on twitter is also a way to reach out to us so um but uh the only other thing i need to do is to read out next week's trivia question uh that hints to what we're going to be covering next week uh the question is the anime slash manga tetsujin nijuhachi go was a direct influence on what 2013 film and we're going to have another special guest on uh from the fake nerds podcast (laughs) it's me again it's you again (laughs) uh yep we're just gonna just bring you and ben back <laughs> there you go. oh man but yes uh if you want to send the answer to that even if it's wrong or if it's a funny answer please do that on twitter i post this on our social media every thursday so the day after the episode comes out this this question the questions get posted on uh, on twitter and you can comment on there or you can just tweet it to us or you can email it to us but uh yeah that's the way to do that uh and want to thank ryan so much for being on this episode really had a lot of fun talking to you man hey i love talking nerdy stuff with cool people and you're a cool person so thank you for having me <laughs> and so do you want to give your plugs so that people know where to find you sure uh ryan i'm personally at dj tony snark all over the internet uh it's my internet name or whatever uh but i'm on the fake nerd podcast and that's where i talk about nerdy stuff every week uh basement arcade basement arcade pause menu video game stuff um just follow me on twitter i talk about comic books and movies and nonsense i'm around i'm always around yeah and i will make sure to put the links to all of that in the description of this episode if i remember (laughs) if i I forget please forgive me (laughs) already forgiven (laughs) and so i just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends if you want to follow us on twitter we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod is my co-host michael who is not here this week but we he is missed and we will look forward to seeing him again next week uh all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to trivia questions to our email kaijuweekly at gmail.com please please send us something because i again i have that I, i i put a lot of effort into getting that that mailbag theme made up and ready to go and no one's (laughs) sending us any mail so i can't listen to it because i enjoy listening to it as well Um, come on come on fans i need to hear it uh if anybody can tell me what the theme song what the mailbag theme song is or what it's from uh there's two things i merged two things together to make the mailbag theme song you can send that in an email and i will read that out because i'd like to know if anybody gets mrs mrs doubtfire and the mighty ducks (laughs) i don't even know what the mighty ducks theme song is what is the mighty ducks theme song? i don't either i've never seen a single one (laughs) oh man uh we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported kaiju ramen magazine so far if you want to find out more about it and also pick up an a physical copy of issue two you can do that at kaijuramanmagazine.com we have very limited numbers of the printed copies of issue two left but we do still have some 
So if you want a printed copy of it, this is your one and only chance to get it. So go to kaijuramanmagazine.com and get yourself a printed copy. It is definitely worth it. It is 65 pages, uh, 66, 66 pages. The cover art is absolutely fantastic. All of the articles are amazing. It is completely Godzilla and Kong themed. So get on it if you want a copy because there will not be any reprints of it and if you want to help support this podcast if you get some good vibes some good feelings from this podcast while you're listening to it then you can help us out by uh going to patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and supporting us there and you also get some nice bonus content like uh early looks at the magazine because we usually post like previews of the next magazine what we're working on how it's turning out all that kind of stuff we also have a bonus uh podcast that we do once a month called godzilla versus the clickbait monster which i need to record a new episode of with michael sometime <laughs> soon because we haven't done one for this month yet um but go check that out patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and you can also help support the podcast also by leaving a five-star review um if you leave a five-star review you can criticize us all you want you can you can leave a five star you can leave us five stars and then in the comments just tell us how much you love the fake nerds podcast yeah i'm about it <laughs> and we will read that out on this podcast we promise we will even if it is saying stuff about another podcast if you give us a five stars we will read it out uh and that helps put this podcast in front of kaiju giant robot evangelion anime fans uh just like you so that helps us out big time and so to close out this podcast i'm going to say the catchphrase uh help control the eva population have your shinjis spayed or neutered Ooh, ooh, wait no i don't oh the the show would have turned out a lot different if he was <laughs> oh man <laughs> goodbye everybody might have turned might have turned out for the better yeah yeah